0: Right, are you ready? <laughs> Hang on. Let
1: me finish watching my mouth. I'm going to <laughs> start the is.
0: recording. It's me going to be going, nom, nom, nom. Hang on. We're already, we're already recording, No, <laughs> Hang on. Let me let me just get <laughs> rid of this. Mm-mm-mm. Um,
1: Okay, let's go. Okay. <clears throat> Hello, Teaspoons, and welcome to the Fork and Spoon podcast. This is a very, very, very special episode today. We are going to be talking about Avengers Endgame. Um, I'm minus Estelle, but plus another butte. <laughs> Introduce yourself. Hi,
0: my name's Alex Andlo, and I am a Marvel fan.
1: She is. She's our Marvel correspondent. That's your. Oh, is part, it is really? Oh, I'm yeah. So
0: excited to be a Marvel correspondent. I want to thank all my That's family it, so and whatever. friends for getting me to this point.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lovely. So, whenever um, we, a Marvel film comes out, we'll have a Alex correspondent going over to our correspondent.
0: <laughs> I don't know what's
1: going on. I have no idea. Yeah. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> Brilliant. So we're here to talk about the uh, end game, mm-hmm. which came out on Thursday. I saw it on Thursday. When I did saw you it see on it?
0: Sunday night.
1: Okay. What was the screening like? like?
0: Right. I've been to see God knows how many big blaster film releases at major cinemas in the UK. I have never, the cinema was packed for one, for five past eight at night. I have never seen a British cinema clap and cheer as much as they did in that screening sure it was like being at a concert it was mad
1: i know it was it's a very strange atmosphere isn't it because you've got a group of people together that are sort of excited and trepidatious and like feeling obviously a little bit sad because it's the end yeah and it just brings up a whole mix of emotions
0: I think it's just a real lesson for any other franchises who want to form a cinematic universe like Marvel has done. Take DC, for instance. If you up. give,
1: up. <laughs> Sorry. If you give,
0: if you give characters and films a lengthy amount of time so you can establish the character, where they stand in this universe, what their relations, what relationships like with other people, you do that over a decade, 11 years, like Marvel's done. People are going to be so attached yeah. and concerned with what's going to happen to these people, which is why you're getting the kind of response you're getting with Endgame. That's why it opened with $1.2
1: billion worldwide. It's amazing. This weekend. It's, amazing. It's, in, it's investment, isn't it? It's emotional exactly. investment in those characters.
0: Exactly. Something exactly.
1: that DC just finds impossible to do.
0: It's, I think it's because they're just too concerned with getting them out, not being too concerned with the quality, just trying to get the numbers in. I think that's their main concern at the moment. I'm yeah, sorry
1: you're shade. I love DC. No, I love then, DC Comics. They had their sort of their Ave- Avengers, like Justice League.
0: Yeah, but, but because they didn't but, give their characters enough time to get yeah, the custom exactly. with audiences, it failed spectacularly in my book.
1: I didn't even know anything about Aquaman, for example. Exactly, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I didn't care. And the special effects in those films are just terrible when you compare <laughs> them to Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay. let's start at the beginning. Now, mm-hmm. I've already given quite a lot of my thoughts in this week's podcast about Endgame. So right. I'm going to um, fire questions at you. Okay. And um, I would like you to... You know, give your opinions. Okay, I'm ready right so, whenever you are. It's a bit of a cold opening of okay. the film, mm. with you know Hawkeye there with his family. Yeah, what did you think of that opening?
0: Uh, well, I I kind of knew it was coming. Um, looking at uh, the trailer when Hawkeye becomes, oh, God, is it Ronan his name? When he turns dark, I can't remember. Um, I kind of knew something must have happened to him to cause him to go out and be a mercenary, basically. So I kind of knew that was coming, but God, it was like a sucker punch to the chest when he turned around and his daughter just disappeared and then he turned around the other way and his two sons and his wife had disappeared. Sure. Um, Really well handled. Jeremy Renner was on fire in this film. I agree. Another really, really key player over the last, well, his first appearance was in Thor. So that's nearly 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, it was, he did really, really well, especially in this first scene, really chalked me up.
1: I mean, he's a, his character was sorely missed in Infinity War. Yeah. Um, so everybody was like anticipating what his character was going to be, like mm-hmm. what his involvement was going to be in Endgame. Mm. I think they gave him a fair piece of the pie, so to speak.
0: Yes, I think they did too, because uh, his performance and his character is really reliant on what happened to Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow. Um, yes, we so can they Spoiler they got, alert. We can sorry. spoil as
1: much as we like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Um, I think they had to re-establish their relationship because it's been a while since we've seen them on screen together. Mm-hmm. And that was um, Age of Ultron, which was in and. <sighs> 15?
1: Wow, you... really?
0: I think so. So it's been four years since we've seen them on screen together.
1: Yeah. And uh, I think
0: having to re-establish their relationship by having Natasha going out to find Clint um, in the circumstances they're under um. Really, kind of cements the kind of relationship, like brotherly, sisterly relationship they've got going on. Because yeah. when this when jump when they started out in Avengers, and everyone thought, oh, they're going to end up together, but then yes. Josh Whedon turned that on its head and had Natasha paired off with Bruce Banner. Yeah. Um. But I really like the dynamic between those two, and I thought both Scarlett Johansson and Jeremy Renner knocked it out of the park in this one.
1: I agree. What happened in Budapest?
0: Mm. Well, that's what I hope we're going to find out, because it's not the last we've seen of Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow. A Black Widow solo film is in the works, um, and that's going to be coming in phase four, which they're going to make more announcements of in 2020. Um oh so I'm so hoping... long. Oh, wait well, a minute, 2020 is
1: next that's year. That's next year. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting it's, old, man. It sounds so far away, but it's like... Literally half, nearly halfway through the year already. I know, I know. So Black
0: Widow solo film's in the works, and I'm wondering whether that is going to be what happened in Budapest stairs in Budapest.
1: I hope so. So let's let's forward it on a little bit. So we um get to the scene when, (coughs) excuse me, Captain Marvel arrives Mm -hmm. and basically says that she can locate Thanos. Yes, and then they do. And yes. then they find Thanos. Yes, I mean, how how much was your jaw on the floor during that sequence?
0: Um, do you mean the bit where they actually find him and they do what yes. they
1: do to him, and they do what they do? Yeah,
0: I was just like, oh, okay then, okay. Yeah. But um, it seemed right to have Thor be the one to do it because, like Clint in this kind of where he's lost everything so he's lost his mum his dad his brother and half his kingdom basically half yeah. of his uh, people
1: have been lost to the snap so he's got nothing else to lose so i, I actually see... thought that thor killing thanos was actually put in there to pay off but the- his plot line in infinity war because he spent so much time on that planet trying to make that like axe, yeah, to, to kill him, and mm. that sort of whole sort of plot line took up most of Thor's time in Infinity War. Yeah, I think that was a nice little payoff for that as well.
0: Yeah, it was. It was you should you should have gone for the head. I went for the head.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah,
0: it was a nice little tie up. But um, I thought in those opening scenes, Chris Hemsworth barely says a thing. Yeah. Thor. He said. he says like I like this one to Captain Marvel and that's pretty much it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um he looked like I hadn't seen Thor look like that before. He just looked so done, so yes. shaken by what's gone on, um that it only seemed right for him to be the one to come in and off
1: him if they had to do it that early. Um Well that's a nice I... little segue into um, the next Twist that had my jaw on the floor—that's my Mm -hmm. new phrase, my catchphrase now. I'm getting on a T-shirt and Um, (laughs) everything—is five years later.
0: Yeah, I think it seems fair. It keeps the plot going for the most, because when you have an event like chopping off the main villain's head, you think, where the hell are they going to go from here? So it only seems right to have that amount of time pass to let the characters settle and process for themselves and to let us process what's been going on over five years. Um, we can see some real development and it keeps the plot pushing along really nicely. So
1: I can see why they did that. Yeah, I agree. And and it goes with the link that you said that you've never seen Thor like that before. Yeah. Well, we've never seen Thor look like what he looked like five years later before.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm in two minds about. Um,
1: Me too. I know Thor. what you're going to say.
0: Um it certainly it was very funny at points. It certainly follows on his like uh writing progression from Taika Watiti's Ragnarok. But I'm just a little bit uncomfortable with the representation of what is clearly PTSD or some other traumatic mental health disorder yeah. being displayed as an overweight alcoholic gaming loner. Yeah. It just made me cringe a little bit especially i know i'm skipping on a little bit but in the bit where they go to 2013 asgard rocket and thor and thor starts panicking he's going i think i'm having a panic attack and he really starts hyperventilating and then rocket just smacks him yes i was just thinking is this the best way we can be representing people who have panic disorders or men or the mental health disorders or um trauma related uh, mental health disorders it just made me cringe a little bit to be quite honest
1: I agree I think that that I think that Thor's character was the only character I thought was mishandled in this film
0: yeah yeah I mean some of the punchlines lines were, like uh having Tony call him Lebowski made me wheeze laugh. Yes. like I was in the middle of drinking and I was like
1: <clears throat> yes
0: ah that that made me laugh so much and but some of the bits like where he's explaining what the ether is to everyone and he starts going off in a tangent about Jane. Yeah. And then he was like, I'll have a Bloody Mary. It just made me uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, I agree. You know, it's it's
0: 2019. We know or we're starting to understand how to talk about mental health and how to represent it effectively on camera. Yeah. So why are we making cheap shots at a man who's stereotypically very buff and um well kept as soon yeah. as he experiences a traumatic event that automatically has to make him fat overweight and an alcoholic yeah it just absolutely. made me
1: very uncomfortable no i totally agree and i think it was probably one of the only missteps of the film was how they yeah. handled thor
0: yeah
1: uh let's move on to captain america
0: oh, mean, he started
1: a support group which i thought was lovely
0: the, this is how you do it Trust Captain America, Steve Rogers, to show you how to handle traumatic events properly. Yeah, I thought that was look. That's such a cap thing to do, and there was a lovely cameo. Um, I can't remember which Russo brother it was. Um, but one of the directors makes a cameo.
1: Yes, he plays the city. guy who talks about the only he's the only gay character in the film. Yes, yeah, talks about um his husband. Yeah, um, yep. being one of the people that disappeared in the snap. Yeah. I thought it was so, a lovely touch. That was really nice. Um, and
0: also someone else in that scene. I can't, this is me being a really bad fangirl here. I'm sorry. Uh, another member of the support group in the scene is the creator of Thanos.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yeah, I can't oh, remember Oh, that's so name.
1: cool. But yes, he's in that scene too. That's great. Just yeah. to give a little bit, we've talked about like mental health, gay representation in the Marvel films. Mm. Um, Not really much apart from that one character in the support group who we never see again.
0: Yeah, but... I mean, an argument could be made for... Um... Oh, flipping heck. Bucky? Name. No, not Bucky, in Ragnarok.
1: Oh, goodness me, what's his name? Not the who... collector. Oh, the guy who, um, who's played by... Oh, God. I'm going to have to Google it now. It's going to bug me. You know who? Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. What's the name of his character? Because it's going to bug me. Hang on, let me Google it. it's going to really bug me. Hang on, cast.
1: I've got all my Blu-rays in front of me, and I can't find (laughs) Ragnarok.
0: Where is he? Grandmaster. That's the one. An argument could be made for him, especially seeing how he flirts with Loki. Yes. Um, And also, I think an argument could be made for Loki, being maybe a little bit queer.
1: Yeah, yeah. i think that's i think that's interesting but like
0: like you you said it's not an outward i am gay representation it's all subjective
1: it's all in the script yeah it's talking about relationships and husbands and stuff which is nice
0: it's yeah it's a nice push forward they could go further
1: yeah i mean as a gay man skipping really forward at the moment but there is a reason why at the end of the film when bucky and and kappa standing looking at each other i was just mm. like kiss 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 <laughs> i was praying for it but it didn't yeah. happen never, no. mind. never mind um yeah who we missed who we missed out oh of course iron man mm. tony stark has again story arc in this film i thought
0: yeah at the start of the film um
1: He returns. I was,
0: yeah, I was shocked. Like, they've obviously done some CGI work on Robert Downey Jr. because he looks really thin and frail. He spent three weeks, I think, in space. I think it was like 20 odd days, however many he mentioned. Yeah. And he's lost so much weight and he just looked haunted, you know, when they were doing like the round table bit and he was on the drip.
1: Sure. Um,
0: Really well handled from Robert Downey Jr. The line when he first steps off um, the ship. And he goes, I lost the kid. Oh God, pulling at my heartstrings then. Robert That's Downey what Jr. he's been dwelling on. Robert Downey Jr. in this film, I would like to see him nominated for something.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Um I think it's it's part of the culmination of the eleven years of work he's put into this franchise, but just in this film, it was a real, really graceful swan song for him. Yeah. Of course, he has. A, um,
1: um, later on, we see him like making home with Pepper and with the daughter, Morgan. Morgan. Yes, Morgan, his daughter. Yeah, which is, it was interesting
0: lovely. to. I, I think it was a real shock for everyone to see him have a little girl. But um, Morgan Stark in the comics is originally Iron Man's cousin. Um, and he's a boy okay. and uh, he's used basically as a pawn to try and uh, get Stark Industries off Tony Stark and kill him, basically. Um, so I am, for one, now they've brought Morgan in and she's survived the events of Endgame. I'm really interested to see if there's a way to bring her into the MCU. What well, Maybe... Make her Iron Woman. Potentially, yeah, if they don't do it with Don Cheadle's wall machine, if he doesn't take up the mantle, Um, because I'd like to see him do it, actually, but I'd be really interested to see if she could, because obviously she was watching her dad come up with the um, knack for the time travel, which I'm not about to explain, because I still don't understand (laughs) the time travel schematics in this film yet, but she was watching her dad make this knack to get it to work. What if she, in the future... Um, finds a way of doing it for herself and she then travels back to be a part of the MCU we know now in 2019 I think sure. that would be an interesting way
1: to go absolutely Yeah. so hold that thought because I okay. just want to talk about Hulk for a moment and then I okay. want to come back to that thought that you've just given Okay. so Hulk when I first saw him I was like what,
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> Professor How Hulk is here um,
1: Professor
0: I was, Hulk. I was really surprised to see yeah. him like that. Um, He's I think half that's because from, Hulk. Yeah, from the um, the trailer, they only use like footage from the first twenty minutes of the film, so it gave me the impression that we were going to see a lot more of Mark Ruffalo. But it was Professor Hulk.
1: Yeah. Um, it
0: seems like a natural progression. Again, everything in this film is following on from somewhere really clearly, and I like it. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens to him in the future. I can see um, him becoming a lot like Kelsey Grammer's Beast in the X-Men franchise. Sure. In that uh, he's more of a, a power, a, a power um, knowledge figure, not necessarily a power figure unless there's big fight scenes and then he he's comes the science in because,
1: man in the background. Yeah,
0: yeah, because. Mark is not old by any stretch of the word but like Robert Downey Jr I think they're both in the 50s now yeah possibly Mark's nearing the end of his contract I think he might want to take more of a back seat so I can see him doing something like Kelsey Grammer where he can pop up every now and then if he wants to because he's just in this um uh what's it called motion capture suit now He doesn't have to do any of the leg work in terms of stunts because that'll be all CGI'd. So I can see him progressing like that. Um, And obviously at the end of the film, he's really injured having performed the snap. Um, His arm looked really done in, so maybe he will be taking a back seat for the next few films, but we shall see.
1: Yeah, so just to talk about Hulk, there was one thing that I was a bit confused about. I might have missed it because I was Mm -hmm. a bit like looking at, the Bruce Banner Hulk combination and just looking at yeah. him um, yeah. so in Infinity War Hulk mm. refused to come out and help with the battle at the end Yeah. why was that?
0: I think it's because he'd been beaten up so badly by Thanos at the start that he was embarrassed so he was just like I'm not going to do this anymore because I know I can't win so
1: you're on your own I think that was
0: those, uh, oh, so Hulk's he- reaction
1: so he's protecting himself, basically.
0: Basically, yeah. He'd been beaten Remember, right at the start.
1: Yes, when they um, on Asgard's ship. Yes. And he's, and he's he being... got
0: pummeled by Thanos. So I think yeah. he was just embarrassed. Because there was a line in Endgame um, where Bruce said something, or Professor Hulk said something along the lines of, I got my ass kicked twice. I lost twice. Um, yeah. So that's probably why he didn't come out and help. Selfish Hulk.
1: Yes. Oh, good. Okay, so let's go back to that thought that you were saying about um, maybe you know some time travel shenanigans going on, mm-hmm. and then going back into the Marvel universe that we know it in two thousand nineteen. Yeah. Do you think that there is much point of going back over the Infinity Saga at all? You mean now in- that Endgame has happened. Do you think that you know there's any point of do- telling stories from? Like the, from Iron Man up to Endgame, in, in that universe. Um, or do you think that there should be some progression and we should move on now? Get no, over. I, th- the I think
0: sense? we sh- I think we should. I think we should move on now. Um, certainly, I've been looking at possible um, ideas for Phase Four. Um, Phase Four. I keep saying Thor instead of Four. Phase
1: Four. Well, we'll talk about that. Phase
0: end. Four. Um, they've been pretty shy. On the announcements, so it's up to anyone as to where they're going to go with the MCU, really. Um, like obviously, we won't be seeing Iron Man anymore, no, we won't be seeing Captain America anymore. Um, well, we'll so be seeing a
1: Captain America,
0: we won't be seeing Steve Rogers, Captain America, no, yes, yeah, yeah. we'll be seeing um, Sam Wilson, yes, Captain America, Anthony Mackey,
1: yay, yay, that's great. Okay, so let's jump back into Endgame. Mm. So um, if you think about it, the whole universe was saved by a rat. (laughs) By a rat, yeah. (laughs) Because if that rat hadn't walked over the controls of the quantum machine, it would not have brought Ant-Man back, and therefore Mm. we would never have had the time travel scenario.
0: I know there's going to be loads of fanboys on YouTube complaining about how weak that was, but I just had to laugh. I thought it was brilliant.
1: Yeah. I can imagine a lot of people at Comic-Con, their cosplay is going to be the rat. The rat. (laughs) (laughs) The rat from Endgame. (laughs) So Ant-Man comes back. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, for him, it's only been, what did you say, five hours? Five hours, but for us, it's been five years. Yeah. What -hmm. did you think of how they progressed his character?
0: I love Ant-Man. I don't know. It's just because I've got a real, real thing for Paul Rudd. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) like I say, I'm still trying to work out the science of it. I haven't watched that much of Ant Man or Ant Man and the Wasp. They're sure. not my favourites, um, although they're good films. Um so I still don't really understand the pin particle, um oh god, what's the name of the thing, the travel through
1: it's just gone. It's gone. I just call it the quantum machine.
0: Quantum quantum realm. Yes, the so quantum realm. It's I still don't really understand the knack of it. So I was just happy to sit back and enjoy them coming up with the time heist scheme when they were naming all the different time travel films like Back to the Future. Was yes. Very funny. Um A bit so intense, I was quite, yeah, hot time machine. <laughs> I was happy to just sit back and enjoy it. But I know there'll be people out there who'll be already ripping the film to shreds because such and such wasn't the correct uh, scientific way to go about displaying time travel. Those people have far too much time on their hands.
1: Well, I'm one of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've obviously loved time travel stories since a kid, being a huge Doctor Who fan. Yes. But even this was very complex for me. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole thing about if they went back and, you know, at one point they suggest that they go back and kill baby Thanos, which I thought was <laughs> a bit nasty. But... um. <laughs> that it wouldn't change the future at all the events would have still happened it's Mm. the paradox isn't it of you know if you go back and kill for example hitler Mm. you know how would you know about hitler to go back and kill him exactly so uh, there's loads of paradoxy things i think they handled it quite well though i think i was a i was i was hanging on for dear life but i think i got it
0: i love the fact that remember the last time we did a little um instagram live stream
1: yeah um
0: I dropped the theory of being like Harry Potter, where they go back and watch their past version of themselves. I'm so pleased yes. I was right. Yes, so you were. pleased. Um, that was I, great. It was apps ab- especially the stuff in Avengers New York. That was hand up. That yes. line, as far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. That was. Just, America's I want. Ass. I want that on a t shirt.
1: I mean, yes, absolutely, <laughs> Captain America. Has a nice bum, and I think he, we can all he agree.
0: He does, yeah. And also the bit with um, Hulk trying to get in the lift, because I was like, oh, no, Maximum weight." see you on the other side. He's yes. going down, oh, so, so many good. stairs.
1: So they travel back um, <laughs> to try and collect the Infinity Stones.
0: Yes, before And Thomas bring does.
1: them back to modern day, so they can yes. create perform a snap and bring everybody back. Yes. And by doing that, they go into previous movies. Yes. Um, or adventures that they've had. Yes. Um, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was fantastic. But I wanted a bit more, I think.
0: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I,
1: I wanted them, like, especially the bit, um, the part when um, they go back. Um, oh, where did they go? They went back and...
0: 1970s? Oh, where did, War
1: Machine. Where did War Machine go? Oh, um, I can't
0: remember the name of the planet, but the planet at the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy 1. That's where that Yes.
1: Went. I wanted more of the Guardians' involvement there. I wanted to see them, you know, I wanted to, mm-hmm. them to propagate into it. I mean, it was great that they had, you know, um, some of the Guardians in that sequence, or one of the Morag, Guardians Morag, that's the name of the
0: planet, Morag.
1: Morag, yeah. yes. I love I loved Chris Pratt in that scene when he's singing and dancing. That, oh, And he that grabs that, that little wheeze. fish rat thing and starts singing yeah. to it.
0: But then the music cuts up,
1: and you can just sing going,
0: Come and get you. Yeah,
1: brilliant. That was so good. And then War Machine's like, so basically he's an idiot. <laughs> 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 I yeah. thought that was great. Yeah, That's really good. And then, obviously, it's leading leading us up to the sequence of recovering the soul stone. Mm. Yes, go yeah. on.
0: I don't really know. I'm still trying to process it. Like I said, it's only been a day since I've seen it. Sure. Um. So I'm still trying to process it, but it's very, her. It's very in character for Natasha to do something like this. The fight between them for who was going to go over the edge, though. That was
1: oh, that was painful. Um, yeah, absolutely. You've got, like you say, you've got some lovely birds in the background there. It sounds like you're in Asgard. I've got
0: the window open. <laughs> I'm trying to get some No, no, no it sounds lovely. No, it's like um, a love bird song, but it does sound oh. like you're in
1: Asgard. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm in Valhalla. So,
0: yeah. so um, it's a very her thing, to, and it seems right for her character to be the one to die out with the two of them because Clint could get his entire family back. Yeah. Natasha doesn't have anyone apart from her friends that she wants to be with. Um, yeah. So it seemed right that out the two of them, it should be her.
1: I mean, in that struggle on the mountain, like mm-hmm. it was any, it was any of them, like it was either of them at the time. Cause I was just like, you know, this could go either way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, so, I, I mean... initially thought that Clint was going to be gonna because I knew the Black Widow film was in the works yeah. So it really shocked me when she did go. But I was like, yeah, it seems right. So then Clint can be with
1: his family. It's yeah. a bit, There is a slight plot point in that, mm-hmm. in the fact that I suppose not. But when they left to go, mm. they knew, I mean, there was somebody there that could have told them. They knew that if they went to get to the Soul Stone, one of them was going to have to die. He, who would have told them? Oh, Karen Gillan's character, Nebula. Nebula, that's it. Yeah. Nebula, she knew.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. It could have been nice, to have a bit of warning.
1: Yeah, like. Really? Oh, by the way, guys, yeah. I would take. I would take a third person See, with you. Could have No,
0: just could have <laughs> brought their. It's the thing that they love the most. So one of them could have just brought their iPad off. The yeah. <laughs> bed in with them and just thrown that yeah. over
1: the edge. Yeah, that's the the thing they love the most. Yeah. I could take up my blue Blu-ray collection.
0: Yeah. And just, <laughs> just chucked it over in. the
1: edge. There you go. Can I have the stone now.
0: Yeah. There you go.
1: <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, it was devastating. It was so sad when she was laying there at the bottom, and yeah. Clint obviously then woke up in the in the river of mist, and then received mm-hmm. the soul stone. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't quite. I mean, I still had hopes that she'd come back.
0: Yeah, I mean. Professor Hulk says at the end when he performed the snap that he tried his best to get her back. But, yeah,
1: um, but unfortunately, without no. if he wouldn't have been able to perform a snap and bring it no, back because exactly. he wouldn't have the soul stone. So it's a bit of a paradox there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Perfect. So moving on. So they've mm-hmm. collected all the stones together. Yeah. They bring them back to modern day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They've got a glove.
0: They've got yeah, this sling thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hulk puts it on
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and performs the snap. Yeah. Now nothing happens to begin with. And everyone's a bit like, oh, okay, interesting. Something
0: does happen though. I can't remember. Was it Ant Man where he goes to look out the window? And like what you can like what you can hear at my window right now, he just sees all the birds have come
1: back. That's it. You've just performed a snap, haven't you?
0: Yes, obviously. I've just brought all the wildlife back to life some you perform the
1: snap and you brought the tv show lost back that would be like <laughs> pl- please please if you could do I'll that perform the snap and
0: bring david tennant's doctor who back
1: yes that would be great <laughs> yes please
0: yeah
1: although i must add david tennant's doctor who is coming back for an audio on big yes. Finish productions so i'm just I gonna know. add that in so that we can quote big Finish productions because they're like my favorite thing ever and um <laughs> yes so Ant Man does walk, the sun is shining outside, which obviously represents like hope yeah. that something's going to happen. And then, okay, I think we skipped too far forward. So, can you explain the whole thing about um, G- um, Gamora and Nebula and them going back and then Thanos from the past finding out yeah. the plan of so the Avengers from the future?
0: Her, like one of her memory tracks in her head is connected to 2014 nebula, this is nebula. and okay. when they examining her they pick up on this uh, footage of her with wall machine talking about getting the stones um so now obviously she's suspect and Gamora's probably thinking that like 2014 Gamora's thinking what the hell's going on um i'm still that was the only part of the film for me that lagged a little bit but i will say that karen gillen as nebula was another standout for me yes um she was brilliant. Um, it was the only part of the film that lagged. I thought they could have maybe skipped over a little bit, I think. Yeah. Um, it did. After a while, I was just like, oh, come on, let's just let's just get back. Let's see him put the stones on. Let's get everyone back. Come on. I think that was part of it that made me want to, it to speed up a little bit. Um, it was good to have Gamora back as a, her toughened original self. So I'm interested to see um in Guardians of the Galaxy Three, if they're going out to search for Gamora now, what the relationship's gonna be like between her and Quill, because obviously they're back to square one. Yeah, but like, she doesn't love him. Um as we saw when they reunited and she beat the crap out of him. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm still trying to process that bit because I'm still a little bit confused as to how their streams, like their memory streams have been connected or merged
1: yes so in that kerfuffle Mm. um thanos finds out that the um the avengers from the future are planning to unravel a plot that he hasn't even done yet yes god so confusing anyway anyway the bottom line of it is that thanos then manages to travel to The future at the time when they've performed the snap to bring everyone back,
0: yeah. That's another little plot hole. If we're going to talk about plot holes, okay, so, yeah, we're,
1: we're talking about everything.
0: Yeah, Ant Man says that uh, they've only got enough for a round trip, one round trip each. So, where did Nebula get the extra pin particles to let Thanos and his crew have a round
1: trip? Yeah, that is true. Unless they unless they stopped off on Earth before they came and got them from the, uh, Michael Douglas.
0: Possibly. But then how would they have got there and had it not impact on the rest of the event? Like they would have known he came to Earth to get pin Particles.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of, conf- of a confusion. It's a yeah. bit muffled.
0: Yeah. But
1: to be honest with you, I-, I can look over that for what comes next.
0: Okay, got it. So on, they then.
1: completely annihilate the Avengers headquarters. Yeah. Like annihilate, like, poof, like the biggest explosion I've seen on film in a long time. Mm. Um, And they, the original Avengers have a good old, you know, try at defeating yeah, Thanos. Yeah, the big
0: three, the big three go at it. And when yeah. uh, Thor called for um, Stormbreaker and Mjolnir, and his beard just tidied up a little bit and he got his armour on the big cape. I was like...
1: Perfect. Here we go. Yep. yeah. Okay, let's talk about one sequence that actually caused the screening that I was into. I know with which applause. bit you're on about. I know which Absolutely. bit you're on about. So there's a bit when things look a little bit hopeless
0: mm-hmm. and
1: there's a close-up on the hammer, mm-hmm. Thor's hammer, and it starts to wobble and move. And then it flies across into the hands of
0: Captain America.
1: Captain America. And with a great line of Thor. I would you say? I knew I, it. I knew I knew it. it like yeah. That. So that, that goes back to explain that for us. So
0: in Age of Ultron, right at the start, they're having a little party. And Thor basically invites people to try and pick up the hammer and says, that, yeah, if you can pick up the hammer, you can reel Asgard. Go for it. So everyone obviously tries and can't do it until Steve stands up and has a little pull of it and it nudges ever so slightly and the, the look on Chris Hemsworth's face still makes me laugh Yeah. When I go back and watch it. It uh, doesn't manage to pick it up. However, Vision lifts it at the end of Age of Ultron and hands it to him. So it's obviously flexible as to who is worthy. working. Yeah, that's
1: it. So I mean, I'm
0: wondering. A... I'm wondering now that um, Thor has bestowed. I know we're skipping ahead a bit. Bestowed the kingdom of Asgard on Valkyrie. Whether she's going to be able to lift it now? Because is she worthy now?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, and as we'll Asgard now being in Cornwall, <laughs> is,
0: is it is it Cornwall? Or I mean, is it, it looks it... like Cornwall. It does look like Cornwall. To be fair, I thought it was in like it's set in Norway. I don't know. How oh, is it supposed to be Norway? <laughs> Because if you look at the, um, it says "Welcome to New Asgard," and then it says the name of the town underneath it. Yeah. And I think it's the same town that Red Skull visits in Captain America: The First Avenger. Okay. I think. But I think the church is the same. I think it's ah, the
1: same. Okay, I'm not being funny, but it it looked like Cornwall to me. It does look like Cornwall <laughs> <laughs> with like all the shipping and all that sort yeah. of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. So a big, huge battle. Happens between the power three. Yeah. Um. They are unsuccessful, and Steve, mm-hmm. Captain America, is standing there on his own. And, and you are thinking I thought, I thought this is it. This is Steve Agona. He's gonna yeah. die. Yeah. And then, <laughs> go on.
0: You can. Have you the just pleasure. see it. You just see it. Captain America, Steve, on your <laughs> left, and then it's yes. uh, Doctor Strange's portals. I can't remember what they're called. Start appearing to his left, and I was just like, oh! like
1: I was making <laughs> yeah, a pterodactyl noise. In the cinema. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I thought it was fantastic how the first person out was Black Panther. Yeah. I thought that was so Shuri. good.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And because, like, obviously, there's a bond between the cap and Black Panther, they're quite pally. Yeah. So um, I love the fact that he was the first to mm-hmm. appear. And, and then, then Sam Kent all... flying in. Yep. And then all the port was open. Mm-hmm. Um, the Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange. All- Doctor Strange. I mean, there's too many to mention. If we were to mention every character, we'd be here forever.
0: We would be here for a while. But uh, everyone in the- this is one of the points in-, in the film where I cried. I cried on three separate yeah, occasions while watching it. I cried when Black Widow died. I cried out of sheer joy. At this moment, and then I cried at the end of the film, which we'll
1: talk about yeah. in a minute. But it was so just a sheer
0: joy watching everyone coming back.
1: You yeah. know? I mean, it's incredible. I cried at one additional point, and that was when Thor spoke to his mum.
0: Yeah, I can understand that. But I that think was quite if it, if it, emotional. If his mental state had been handled better, I would have been more invested in it. But that kind of took me out of it a little bit.
1: Sure.
0: Anyway, let's go back to yes, everyone yes. appearing. Everyone's but... back. Even Pepper Potts. As rescue, yeah. Yes. Uh, it was good to see her be a part of the fight, actually. And she's yeah. obviously found the suit that Tony was making for her, that Morgan was modelling. Yeah. Um And it was just great to see 11 years of work culminating into this one bit. And then, obviously, that line that Steve shouts as the camera pans across all the Avengers, he just goes, Avengers! assemble and then Uh, Thor screams and everyone just legs it oh my god it was that was on par with some of
1: the battle sequences in Return of the King for me yeah oh absolutely absolutely I mean I I think there's something there was something more like touching for me about seeing everyone together yeah everyone like the wasp was in there Mm -hmm. you know you've got um you've got pegasus Do yeah you know i mean you've got valkyrie i lo- i mean i don't care about valkyrie on the back i cared about pegasus i love that that effect of the the winged horse is amazing yeah um you have everyone and mm-hmm. the battle goes on and on and on and it's so gripping because at yeah. this point um after the the first snap to bring everybody back the gauntlet is basically now up for grabs yeah. Yeah, they're and playing it's flying like flying um, around like nobody's business. And it's hold football of all of them Yeah, that's it. They are. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Yeah. So now Thanos gives a speech about saying that he's made a mistake. He shouldn't have wiped out half the universe. He should have wiped it all out. And then started life afresh and new oh under his under his management, so to speak. Perfect. So now the gauntlet is up for grabs and Thanos's forces are going after it. The Avengers are mm-hmm. trying to protect it. Mm-hmm. That was tense.
0: Yeah, especially the bit. Um, there was a lovely, quiet moment though um, when Peter helps Tony out, and they reunite. And he's just ranting on and on and on. And you just look at and again Robert Downey Jr. just melting me. The look on his face, and then he just hugs him. Yeah.
1: Oh, I've got then, goosebumps.
0: Yeah, the bit with Peter where he was trying to um get it all out and he loses it a couple of times ends up on the floor and then the main enemy ship of the Chitari ship stops firing down below and then starts firing upwards towards the sky and i was like oh it's my girl yes it's my girl carol danvers comes to the rescue Basically Let- blows three holes. Sorry, did you want to stop and go somewhere? No, else? no,
1: no, no. no. I, I, I thought you were going to lead into a moment, but I want to build it up because it was actually my favourite moment in the film. But yeah. so, yeah. So She, she comes Mars flying in, goodness. blows
0: like three different holes up in the Chitari ship, lands down and there's a nice introduction between Peter and Cap. And then I think it leads into you, your favourite moment in the film.
1: Of course. And I'm just going to say two words. Girl mm-hmm. power. Indeed, yeah, oh, all oh my that, girls. That for me was just so well handled and good and clever and mm-hmm. poignant, and mm-hmm. it really shows how the um, like the female element of the Marvel universe has now matured and is now in line with society. And having all the girls together to kick ass was just like get amazing, there was a woman sitting next to me and um, as people of the podcast know I hate it when people like talk or break the rules during films mm-hmm. I didn't have much care much about this because I was cheering and crying at the same time mm-hmm. but there was one violation of a woman sitting next to me when that happened and she just screamed, get in <laughs> and I was like, do you know what have it, yeah. have it yeah. do it I don't care. Everyone can scream and shout as much as they like at that bit because I was doing the same. Yeah, me too.
0: Me too. It was
1: great. It was the so, only thing so though, they,
0: they put a dampener on it. I was looking at them all and I was thinking, Black Widow is
1: it? Where's here Black anymore? Widow? The original. Yeah. The original. Oh gee. Yeah, the original mm. kick-ass girl, and she yeah. wasn't there. Um, but then I me. look at that and I just think about, like, for example, my sister. Growing mm. up with these films and not necessarily having that sort of representation and that sort of role model to look up to, yeah. seeing that sequence in the film, mm. I bet for her was literally like the best moment ever. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, it's not all about the boys.
0: No. No, and, and I think that's that's what they, Marvel are going to be moving into now, definitely more female leads, which is why I'm glad that I know we're skipping ahead. Thor's given the um, Kingdom of Asgard to Valkyrie, so now we have another opportunity for
1: another female lead, which is great. Yeah, that's perfect. Mm. Absolutely perfect. So, um, after the, the trussle for the gauntlet... Oh, I mm-hmm. like that. I'm going to get that on a shirt cool. as well. <laughs> um, they... Thanos gets his hands on it. Yeah. And puts it on. And I Mm -hmm. was thinking, I literally, my heart was in my mouth. Yeah. What the hell? And Mm. then, take it away, Alex.
0: Tony has built this sling, which you saw him building with Professor Hulk. And then another one of my favorite bits in the film, actually, was when they were building it and they fixed the stones into the sling. And then Rocket just goes boom.
1: Yes. (laughs) And the two of them jump.
0: Another really lovely bit of comic relief. Um, Tony has used this thing and has got hold of the stones during the tussle with Thanos. Thanos obviously says, I am inevitable. Click, nothing happens. And then Tony says, and I am pause, pause, pause. And everyone knew what was coming. Yeah. Iron Man. Yes. Snap. But as soon as he did that, I knew what was going to happen. Look, If you look at the way Thanos looked at the end of Infinity War and the start of Endgame, he's a titan. Yeah. How is a human being going to cope with that? I knew Tony was a goner. I knew he was. Because si- obviously everyone was going like, yes! And then it just went really quiet as everyone slowly
1: realised. Realised that the um, gonna happen. him performing that snap was going to be fatal. Yeah. And it yeah. was.
0: Yeah. So...
1: Um, I thought go the scene. On. I thought the scene between uh, Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. and Pepper Pepper Potts, just like mm-hmm. saying it, Pepper Potts um, yeah. was brilliant. It's very well, well handled. handled. Well performed moving. by Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, great! Yeah, mm-hmm. really good. The yeah. fact that she's like, it's okay. Like, it, you can go. You know, you can rest you, now. You can rest. You've done it. You've, yeah. You've, you've. You know. You've won. It's and
0: time then to feed us. Um, little. Um, like a replacement arc reactor just turns off. Oh, God almighty, I was in floods. But um, I've got a nice quote here from um, the screenwriter, one of the screenwriters of Endgame, Christopher Marcus, and he was talking about um, people discussing the death of Iron Man and why they felt the need to do it. And he basically says about um, Tony's story arc and Steve's story arc, in a way... He, Tony, has been the mirror of Steve Rogers the entire time. Steve is moving towards some sort of enlightened self-interest and Tony's moving to selflessness. They both get their endpoints, yeah. um, which I, th- I thought it was beautifully handled for both of them, but especially Tony's death. Um, he's learned to be selfless as opposed to selfish as he starts out in
1: Iron Man. Sure. The thing I loved about that scene, it was it was like the complete reverse about how you'd expect it to be. You'd expect like Pepper to be like, No, Tony, don't go, don't go, don't yeah. leave me. Mm. And then it wasn't. It was like, you know, you've done your bit, it's time yeah. to go. You can rest yeah. now. And yeah. that was heartbreaking. Yeah, it was. And uh, there was a lot of tears, including yeah. from me. Mm. Um, and then we just when you thought that the emotion didn't <clears throat> get any more. So just a quick flashback hulk had met up with um is it the sorcerer Um, the one who um sorcerer supreme yes had met up with the sorcerer supreme Mm -hmm. um to take uh the oh my god what stone time stone yes yes take the time stone yes but had made a deal with her that he would return them yes um, after their job are done so now mm-hmm. at the end of the film it's time to return the infinity stones back to their normal timelines yeah and cap decides to um, take on the mantle to do that yeah so he goes into the quantum machine yeah and uh, professor hulk is um sending him through and then says that he'll be back in five seconds yep they send him through five, four, three, two, one, and he doesn't come back. Mm-hmm. Take it from there, Alex.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, Sam's furious with Bruce, trying to get him back. And then the camera pans to Bucky, who's staring at what looks to be like an old man with a little circular bag sitting next to him. And, uh, I think both Steve, uh, Steve Sam and Bucky realise who it is. And Bucky, I think this is testament to the kind of character Bucky is. Bucky could easily have gone over and spoken to his best friend, but he's already said goodbye. He lets Sam go and do it. So Sam goes over. Yeah. And to be quite honest, when Steve first turned round, I didn't realise it was like a, an effect. I thought it was Clint Eastwood. <laughs>
1: yeah i thought they got i thought they got
0: clint eastwood in to play the old version of chris evans
1: i mean that Um, would have been amazing
0: that would have been amazing but um i tell you what if that's how chris evans is gonna look when he hits his 90s he's gonna be a very fine looking man in
1: his 90s i mean he's gonna be a fine looking man every decade he's alive i think True. such a hunk true Um, but the effect
0: done on him was very well done and the um The aging effect on Michael Douglas when they went back to the 70s was also very well done. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, very well done.
1: Um,
0: And then obviously the conversation ensues between Cap and Sam talking about uh, why he did it and life. And then Steve offers Sam the shield, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, which seems, I know it was up in the air, so who was going to take it over, whether it was going to be Bucky or Sam. I'm pleased it's Sam. Um, First of all, I think Bucky wouldn't want to. I think he's too much of a loner to take up Captain America. Um, And also I think he had his head messed with too much to want to take up such an important role. So I think Sam's, more grounded, so I think it's it's good. It's good to him, and secondly, it means we get another um uh ethnic minority as a lead in a Marvel film, Perfect. which is great. So it's the best of both worlds,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm getting a bit choked up even thinking about the last scene like, literally, the last scene mm. of the movie. We haven't even is... talked about the funeral. Oh my god, okay. The funeral. Right, let's go back hold a little bit. The last scene. Let's go back to the funeral, then. Okay, yeah. so this is Tony Stark, Iron Man's funeral. Yeah, and I the... think I, I think it was subconsciously skipping over that because I know how my how my tear ducks are going to react.
0: Yeah, I'm
1: going to cry um, again.
0: The message, the message she'd left for Pepper and Morgan. Yeah, I think that's going to come back in some big way. Like I said, <clears throat> excuse me, if they bring Morgan back, um, I think her relationship and her grieving for her dad's going to play in a really big way. Um, but the actual funeral itself, having what I'm guessing was Tony's ashes put into the proof that Tony Stark still has a heart
1: yes. statue.
0: That just about killed me. That, And then the camera pans out and you see everyone's back to see Tony off. There were three cameos in the scene, well four cameos in the scene that really got to me. First, Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas made a cameo, which was really nice. And then one that everyone's been talking about, because nobody can recognise him, actor Ty Simpkins, who played yes. the role of Harley Kinnear in Iron Man 3. He is the teenager standing at the back of the funeral.
1: Right, um, okay. I
0: did not recognise him at all, because he's like a man now. He's like 17. Yeah. Um, but he's so grown up. But I think what a lovely touch to have it ensure that Tony kept in touch with Harley after the events of Iron Man 3. Yeah. Because um, I'd i done a bit of, like, um, Googling, and I worked out that he was going to make a cameo. I just didn't know where or when. Yeah. Um, but it was such a lovely, lovely touch. And then the final cameo being Sam Jackson back as Nick Fury. Uh, yes. Standing next to Captain Marvel at the funeral. Not a word was said, but... Sam Jackson's just one of those actors where you look at him and you know exactly what he's thinking. And it was both heartbreaking and very powerful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's basically the guy that started it all.
0: Basically, yeah. He yeah.
1: is the godfather of the Marvel franchise.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so
1: um, okay, let's intersect here and talk about Thor very quickly. Or did you want okay. to talk about Thor at the very, very end? No, it's up to you. You, go, okay, you talk for well, a bit. Okay, we'll talk about Thor at the very end, because there's a reason why I want to do that. Um, so, the very last scene of the movie mm. is um, Steve dancing. With Peg. With Peg.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Did you like done. it? Yes, I did.
1: I did. Um, I felt like, this is just like my interpretation of the, ca- mm-hmm. of the Cap's like, story arc, mm. I felt like he'd been taken out of time to perform a duty... He performed it and now he was back to where he belongs.
0: Yes. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yes.
1: That's his story arc. Mm. Mm. I mean, it it took a long time. But he went the the long way around, so to speak. But, um, yeah, I thought it was gorgeous. Really nice. Beautiful. And then the
0: music playing was the music that was playing in Steve's flat during Civil War, I think. Um, Uh... You know, when, um, is it Civil War? Or oh, is it? No, it's The Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Um, when uh, Nick Fury is hiding in Steve's flat, that's the music that's playing. Yeah. yeah.
1: Beautiful. I love those touches. Mm-hmm. Like, it really just shows you how much thought has gone into this movie when they make little mm-hmm. touches like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: there's a reason why I wanted to keep um, Thor's ending to the end, because okay. now I want to talk about where the franchise goes from here. Okie dokie. Okay. So... Um, at the end of the film, Thor decides to go off with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. How do you feel about that?
0: Um,
1: Well, like I say, Marvel's
0: been pretty coy with announcing anything for phase four. Four. I keep saying Thor. Four. <laughs> I don't think we'll be seeing a standalone Thor film. If not for a very long time, possibly not ever again. Yeah. I get the feeling Chris Hemsworth's a little bit done with it. He's still having fun in the character, but I just get the feeling he's had enough, maybe. Okay. Um, So I can see them lumping him in together because he works really well in an ensemble cast. We've seen that in the Avengers films. We saw that in Thor Ragnarok, where it was like a buddy comedy between him and Hulk. It works really, really well. Um, I will be sad to... to not see a standalone Thor film if that does happen, but he's lost too much. Like, obviously, he's got some of the Asgardians back, but there's no Loki, or Loki's getting his own Disney Plus series. Yeah, his mother and father have gone. The um Warriors 3 is it? Yeah. Have gone so it makes sense to now pin him with the Guardians. I just feel like <sighs> it's a bit of a forced pairing if that makes sense
1: that does make sense i yeah. was a little bit i don't know how many how so many egos are gonna work yeah that's you've not what only, rubbed me the wrong way too you've not only got um you know chris pratt's character who is quite a big ego yeah but you've also got rocket
0: mm-hmm.
1: who's you know not known to be the most quiet little, <laughs> little uh, bunny
0: yeah
1: um and little rabbit, did you get my get my joke? Yes,
0: yes, I did get the joke. Thank
1: you. Um, And then you've obviously got like the whole thing with going to find Gamora again. So yeah, where is Thor going to fit in? It's a bit. That's what opener. that's what
0: I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Unless
1: the, the Guardians of the Galaxy three is going to be Thor's swan song, possibly. Yeah, maybe they just didn't want to do it all in one movie. So yeah. maybe they're going to give uh Thor Guardians of the Galaxy three to to. Say his goodbyes.
0: Yeah, possibly. I don't. I don't think it'll be. I don't think Guardians of the Galaxy three will be the last we see. They'll probably want to give him quite a big blowout because he'll be like the last of the big three to go. Because obviously we've seen the end of Iron Man and Cap. Yeah, I think they'll want to give him another bit, like big last hurrah. Um, so do we'll you? See.
1: Do you feel like me that it's a little bit odd that like those characters are going to be like? coming back after everything that's happened, that Thor is still around and that we're going to see his adventures. It just seems to me like a bit strange not to see them in, the, in that environment they've built up over those 11 years.
0: Yeah, which is why after Spider-Man Far From Home comes out in July, I think. Yes, very There's going to be a very long break between that and the next release. I think they're focusing on the Disney Plus series for now, yeah. um, which is uh, Loki, Scarlet Witch um, so I think they're yes. focusing on that but there's going to be a long time between the next theatrical release so they will have time I mean you know what Kevin Feige's like he's had phases 1 to 3 planned out since yeah. before 11 years ago it doesn't surprise me if he's already got phase 4, 5 and 6 at least sketched out yeah. he knows where he wants to go with this um, it's just a case of finding the right people for the jobs i think so they're going to take their time with casting the next upcoming things and making sure because obviously the thing with james gunn going down obviously he's back now i think they want to make sure people are fully vetted um and make sure they're not going to have any more uh, pr disasters like they did with james gunn
1: yeah sure mm-hmm. um so do you think and I did actually pose this question on our Instagram page, I think mm. last week, do you think that maybe in ten years time we would we will have another event like Endgame?
0: I don't I saw your question. I don't think that they could equal or top that because I don't know whether people have that strong an affinity to new characters. Um, like the Eternals or um, um, the new uh, Asian superhero Shang-Chi. I don't know whether people will have that same kind of affinity with the big characters that Marvel Comics have been pushing out for donkey's years, like Iron Man, Captain America, Thor. Um, So I don't know whether it will be that big a deal as Endgame. It just depends on how these next 10 years go. I think with, like, Phase 4, 5 and 6... What kind of releases they're making? How well they're received? Which actors they get to be in them? Who's directing them? There's a lot of variables at play here, so I don't think we could even begin to guess whether they could do it again. No. It'd be great. It would be great if they could, but I don't yeah. think they'll get anything on that scale or that with that kind of public attention.
1: And also, again- there is the unthinkable um, event that could happen. Me having been a A university student of film production and studies know that film like crazes coming surges it could be that in 10 years time superhero movies are just not making the money anymore
0: Mm, possibly
1: i mean that is that is a possibility so they're going to have to evolve and try and move forward with these movies to keep them popular and up to date
0: yeah, yeah, which they have been doing over ten years, which is why absolutely it's kept them so popular. So I don't see why they couldn't do it
1: for another ten. I mean, Just to have ten the years of keeping um, these films in the box office scoring high is an achievement in itself.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, I think you know there are other franchises that do it, for example, like Star Wars,
0: mm.
1: or maybe even Jurassic Park to some extent, mm. but not with the con, not with the output that Marvel have had. No. so they should get a huge like congratulations just for that and I think that I know you know some people at the time were a little bit ooh about it but I think that Marvel and Disney combining forces was probably the best thing to ever happen to that franchise. Yes I agree Yes I agree. Um, What would be to finish off what mm-hmm. would be your dream Marvel movie for the future
0: Um so, like, what would DC are doing? I think, is it with Gotham Sirens or Birds of Prey? I think it's Birds of Prey. Okay. I'd love to see a standalone film for the Marvel girls.
1: Yes. Um, just
0: after having that taste of them all fighting together, it'd be lovely to have them buddy up for something that didn't involve the men. Um, it'd be really satisfying for me. Um What else am I looking forward to? I'm actually looking forward to Shang-Chi and the Eternals. Um, Angelina Jolie is on board um, and it's looking to be released in the early 2020s, maybe like 2021. So only two years. Um, I've got director Chloe Zhao on board. Um, I'm really looking forward to actually, because I'm now delving into more of the mystical side of it. Um, So kind of echoing back to Thor, and the um, like, the uh, like the gods of science or superheroes are coming into play. So I'm really excited for that.
1: Yeah, excellent. Yeah. I personally would love to see, like, obviously from my own personal experience, the first gay Avenger. Yes. I would. Yeah. I think it. Would, I think it would move um, things on so much more and so much quicker. You know, who do you, you know... think?
0: Who would you think would be the one to do it?
1: Which character? I think it would probably might be a new character. I think, yeah. yeah. Could you or... not see
0: maybe um, Valkyrie?
1: Valkyrie, I could definitely see Valkyrie. I would yeah. like to see if Bucky has anything else to do with the franchise. I think I'd like to quite like to see Bucky go down yeah. that route. Yeah, okay. Because um, he's gorgeous, um, <laughs> he and is. yeah, I think that would be just a really good step forward. You know, like in this in this day and age that we live in, a footballer mm-hmm. can't come out comfortably as gay, but a superhero could, I think that would speak volumes for young people. Yeah, definitely. I I think it really would and I think it might cause that domino effect that could Mm. be really beneficial to the LGBT community.
0: Could you even see Captain Marvel doing it?
1: I mean, yeah. That would be fantastic. I'd love Mm. that.
0: It wouldn't surprise me if they did.
1: Yeah, I mean, that would be great.
0: Yeah, I think it's probably either going to be Captain Marvel or Valkyrie.
1: Yeah, or even... And I know this is really pushing it, and I know you're probably going to go, mm. but even Peter Parker.
0: Yeah, but if you look at the trailer for Far From Home, they're really setting up his quote-unquote relationship with MJ, which yeah, um, sure Zendaya is playing. Um,
1: but you never know. There's been yeah. bigger there's, there's been like bigger twists. Yep. Who knows? Uh, who knows? Who knows? Alex, thank you so much for joining me. today. I have loved this. This has been so much fun. Don't worry, because this is not the last we're going to hear of you. Oh
0: yay! We Will that be got far from home?
1: It's going to be far from home.
0: Yay! And you
1: and I might even like sign a contract with you to come back as our Star Wars correspondent. Yes. So I'd love to. That would be great in December if we could, you could come back and talk about Episode Nine would love to yay it's been fantastic thank you so much i'll let you enjoy the rest of your tuesday thank you very much i'll see you soon Bye. bye